The views and opinions expressed in the following program are those of the program's participants and do not necessarily reflect those of station staff, management, and advertisers. It's time for the most interactive radio program in Las Vegas today. It's time for Pushing the Limits with Brian Shapiro. Brian will talk sports, politics, entertainment, and anything that matters to you. Feel free to call Brian at 702-221-7283. You want answers? I want the truth! Now pushing the limits, here's Brian Shapiro. All right, what's up, everybody? Happy Wednesday. It is hump day. Beautiful day in the Valley. Glad you could join us. And we are broadcasting everywhere. Not just on the AM Dow KSHB 1400, but of course, uh, live on YouTube, PTL Vegas. You get to see my pretty mug. We are broadcasting on Twitter, Pushing Limits LV, all over the place. Oh, we're going to have some fun today. Um, I took a trip to uh, Nye County Pahrump yesterday uh, because uh, Michelle Fiore on the ballot to be the Justice of the Peace out there. I'll let you know how that went down. Oh, it's a very interesting story. and We have the audio to prove it. Uh, because I went out there and they gave me my two minutes to speak. And, uh, well, let's just say I, uh, said everything I could in two minutes. We'll play it for you. And, uh, believe it or not, Michelle Fiore, they voted her in. Yeah. Yeah. They voted her in. So we'll talk about that coming up here at the bottom of the hour. It really is unbelievable. It's crazy. It's ridiculous. Um, and I certainly have a lot to say about that, but. Before we get to that, and by the way, Ron Futrell, Channel 8 Sports will be joining us in hour number two as well. We got a big Vegas Golden Knights game tonight to talk about, big UNLV basketball game tomorrow. So we got a lot of stuff to get to. I'll talk about my trip to Nye County. But, uh, you know, nearly two years after the deadly January 6th insurrection at the U.S. Capitol, the Democrat led House committee investigating the attack is set to release its full report this afternoon. What is going to be in the report? Well, a lot. That's for sure. To kind of talk about this and, of course, the last public hearing that was just the other day. Uh, what better person to talk about than the people from Politico? I think they just, they just do a wonderful job. And Daniel Lippman is a fantastic reporter for Politico. And he joins us on the line right now. Daniel, thank you so much for joining us. How are you? Good. Thanks for having me. Appreciate you coming on, Daniel. So do I have that right? I don't even know if they've released it yet, but the final report is supposed to be released today, right? Yeah, it's supposed to be released. And, you know, I think I think people are going to be pouring over the document, which is going to be hundreds or, you know, a, couple, a thousand or two pages, uh, looking for new clues about what happened on January 6th and about what the investigators found. Uh, and, you know, there's going to be transcripts and there's going to be, uh, you know, different appendices, uh, appendices where people can kind of get stuff that has not been reported. And so one thing we're looking for is, you know, what did Tony Ornato, who was, you know, a top Trump aide, uh, what did his interviews say? He was the person who, um, had, you know, said that, uh, you know, Trump was wanted to go down Capitol Hill, uh, to join the rioters. And so, uh, I think this is going to be a, a roadmap for history and also as the House changes hands in the next few weeks uh, to the Republicans, uh, then they can, um, you know, they wanted to get this report out before that happens. So, Daniel, because this is going to be public and people like you, good reporters, are going to be reporting on this, do you feel like in this report this could even put more pressure on the DOJ to uh, file charges? I think the DOJ has kind of shown that they don't want to get pressured one way or another. And so, um, you know, if they do charge Trump, it's not going to be because of this report. But I think uh, what the January 6th committee found uh, helps them in terms of gathering more evidence and getting 
um, and getting, you know, painting a picture uh, of whether Trump did incite this uh, insurrection or not, and whether they have enough strong evidence that they could, um, you know, get a conviction of Trump uh, for this. And so I think um, Democrats felt like they had to do this to me, that they've learned a lot here. And, you know, a lot of people in Washington were skeptical that there would be new facts that they could uncover, and yet uh, there was, you know, some, you know, those, those TV hearings were riveting. Uh, what's funny is that they were produced by a former, uh, you know, president of ABC News. And so they were trying to do it for dramatic effect, and they succeeded. Yeah, I would say they did. I agree with you. If you're just joining us, he is Dan Lipman, a great reporter for Politico, talking about uh, the committee releasing uh, you know, a full report this afternoon. All right, Daniel, you've been on this since day one, as you guys at Politico have done a great job. And, and, and I want to get your professional opinion on this. With the evidence that the committee has already presented, I know we haven't seen the, the full report yet today, but based on what you know, based on what you see, based on the recommendations from the committee, do you believe, not even that Donald Trump will be convicted of a crime, but do you even believe he will be charged with a crime inevitably after all this? I think that, um, you know, it's hard to predict the future, obviously. Yeah. Uh, but the appointment of a special counsel means Jack Smith by Merrick Garland means that they're pretty serious about um, going after him. Uh, and, you know, this is not what Biden wanted in terms of, uh, trying to lock up his uh, former opponent, that's not, or his current, you know, potential future uh, opponent. Although it's looking pretty good for DeSantis these days, um, but you know, I think it's looking pretty likely that there will at least be some charges uh, on that, uh, and especially with the Mar-a-Lago documents um, and the Georgia case in terms of uh, the fiddling with the electoral uh, college uh, and you know the electoral votes from that swing state. Uh, and so the, you know, without Trump exhorting people to come to Washington and to march on Capitol Hill, I don't know, I don't think, you know, just by any fair estimation that there would be such a rally and that there would be an indirection. And so, um, you know, I don't think he expected it to go as uh, badly. And I don't think that you think he, that I think Trump probably thought that the security on Capitol Hill would be much better in terms of protecting uh, you know, that institution from attack. Uh, but the consequences are what, uh, what happened. And I think, you know, they don't want to, they want to kind of send a signal that this is not allowed and that, you know, future presidency, uh, will not evolve, devolve into trying to stay in power when you lose the election. Daniel, what do you make of Mitch McConnell's comments the other day? You saw Mitch McConnell say, I, I believe I'm paraphrasing here, but he said something along the lines of, well, everybody in this country knows who's responsible for January 6th. I would imagine he's talking about Donald Trump. What did you make of that statement? Well, he and uh, Trump have long, you know, since, you know, fallen out. Uh, Trump has even attacked McConnell's wife uh, with racist, um, you know, anti-Chinese, anti-Asian sentiments and words and phrases. Uh, And so, um, you know, but Kevin McCarthy, the House uh, Republican leader, he still needs Trump support, and so he hasn't really gone um, full bore against Trump. Uh, he's trying to save his own skin to become speaker next in the next few weeks. Um, but I think McConnell, you know, you didn't see much um, outrage on Capitol Hill once the, the January 6th committee referred, uh, you know, for Trump uh, prosecution to uh, DOJ, uh, you know, a couple days ago. And so yeah. 
that indicates that Republicans are kind of falling off the Trump train and saying, hey, like this guy, we've, we've lost three times under him. I didn't even think about that, Daniel. You are so right about that. I didn't even think about that. I mean, when you look at what the January 6th committee, their recommendations to the DOJ, we didn't hear many Republicans saying, oh, I can't believe they did that. Or, oh, that this is you're, you are so right about that. And isn't that so telling? I mean, it's interesting you bring that up because you're right. Yeah, it's, it's kind of the rare case when the absence of something is actually a news story. Um, but I think the di- more difficult problem will be how to find a jury that is going to be impartial and that is not going to be full of rapid anti-Trump people and, or pro-Trump people that can actually look at the evidence fairly and determine whether uh, he is guilty or not if he does get charged by uh, the Justice Department. And that's going to be tough. Um, we're going to see where, you know, is it going to be in Washington, D.C.? Uh, Trump's defense attorneys will probably be trying to strike a lot of people, uh, trying to find any evidence that they, you know, a lot of people have, um, you know, tweeted things or said on Facebook, I mean, pro-Trump, anti-Trump. So it's almost like, you know, you need a, a, pe- a you know, a group of people who haven't even paid attention to news for the last six years. Those would be uh, the right type of folks for this jury. I wanted to uh, ask you a quick question, if I may, about the whole Elon Musk situation in Twitter, uh, you know, because there's a lot of people out there that uh, are saying, oh, liberals are going crazy because they're afraid their Twitter account's going to be taken down. And I don't think you guys are are far left at all. I think you guys are very fair, Politico, and you guys do a wonderful job, and that's why I love having you guys on. But with that being said, there is a perception from some, like the Elon Musks of the world, that news outlets like yours are lefty, liberal organizations, which you're not. Uh, has that been talked about at Politico? And are you guys afraid at all? Maybe afraid is the wrong word, but concerned that maybe some of your Twitter accounts will be banned and, and taken off of Twitter forever? Have you guys talked about that? Uh, well, you know, it's something that is on every journalist's mind, and, and you know, especially if I, you know, if I write a, a tough story about Elon Musk, I would, you know, worry that oh, am I going to get banned from Twitter, and is that going to make it hard for me for my stories to go viral? And you're already seeing people fall off Twitter and not use it as much, um, and so that will hurt every organization that gets traffic from Twitter because there's no clear rival. Right now, no one is really, not as many people are going like Mastodon or whatever the other right. networks that I've never even logged on to. And so, um, I think it's, uh, you know, most journalists are in it for the right reasons. They want to get the facts no matter, uh, who it hurts. They're not activists. They just want to, um, report fairly. Um, and so, you know, that's kind of how I operate and how my colleagues at Politico, mm-hmm. uh, do so. And, you know, the, the trick is, you know, to avoid tweeting too much about, you know, just about the news, uh, unless it's actually related to your reporting. And so I try to stay, I'm not, you know, saying, oh, this is outrageous. So this is, you know, I'm not putting my analysis as much on Twitter. It's more yeah. about, you know, hard facts that I find. Right, right. Which makes you good at what you do and makes uh, people at political good at what they do. Why do you think there are so many conservatives out there, Republicans and people on the alt-right that say, oh, we've been silenced by Twitter until Elon Musk got here? Because the way I see it, is that if you put out medical information, if you incited violence, if you lied about what you thought was on Hunter Biden's laptop, you probably shouldn't be on Twitter, especially if you incite violence. That's my personal opinion on that. doesn't matter whether you're a Democrat or Republican. Why do you think there are so many conservatives out there that say they are they were silenced by the media and by people who used to run Twitter? I think, um, you know, if for, in some instances, 
uh, Twitter's decisions were not um, probably in the uh, best interest of uh, the news consumer. They had labeled the Hunter Biden laptop story as misinformation, and then they you know, um, kind of forced uh, New York Post to delete their tweets uh, about, you know, about their scoop back in the uh, last few weeks of the 2020 campaign. And then it turned out to be completely accurate that, you know, yes, his laptop was found and there was a lot of, you know, weird stuff on it. And so um, I don't think Twitter would make the same, you know, those executives, I don't think they would have made the same decision back then uh, if they knew the uh, the facts now. Uh, and so, you know, I think the, you know, the avalanche of negative stories about Trump, about Republicans the last few years, that has driven uh you know, skepticism in the media. But remember, this has uh, been the case for decades in terms of Republicans running against the media, and it's only ramped up in the last few years with Trump calling us fake news and, um, you know, lambasting us. Uh, but that's, I think, you know, that's frankly, uh, a lot of it was driven by, hey, we're just doing our job. We'll hold everyone's feet to the fire. And Trump was in power, and there's lots of controversies and scandals, and we were just writing about them um, and reporting them on TV and in are different outlets and, um, you know, kind of don't shoot the messenger. Right. No, I agree with you. Uh, I guess the good news is it appears as though Elon Musk will probably not be in charge of Twitter much longer. I don't know what your thoughts are on that, but it appears to me that uh, based on what I've learned is that the Saudis are not happy with, with the way he's running things over there. Right. You saw the picture of him and Jared Kushner hanging out with all these Saudis. Uh, do you think you put two and two together? I don't, I, I'm curious to get your opinions on that because he puts out this poll the other day saying, hey, do, do you guys think that I should be in charge of Twitter? And, and what was it, like 57 or 58 percent people said no. Uh, interesting. He does that around the time he's hanging out with Kushner and all these Saudis. What do you make of that? No, yeah, it's, it's definitely um, you know curious timing, um, and you know we can't uh, you know you're so far Elon Musk and his business career has kind of worked out in terms of disrupting uh, you know established businesses uh, like you know Tesla and SpaceX. Um, you know he is a path breaker, but no one is uh, going to be amazing at their job 100% of the time. Yeah, and. Um, you know, I've already kind of noticed a little bit of Twitter things slowing down, and I'm trying to like, you know, send a, you know, send a, uh, you know, copy a tweet to send to someone. Um, and so there's these increasingly a little bit of glitches because you know, hundreds of engineers were fired or left the company. And so I think, you know, no one wants Twitter to shut down. Um, and you know, I think they really have a lot of decisions to make about what kind of platform are they going to. Is it going to be one where there's lots of misinformation or one that yeah. uh, is more, you know, safe for people like me, especially female journalists who get lots of sexist abuse? Yeah, unfortunately. Well, Daniel, I, I don't want your Twitter account shut down. You do a great job. I certainly uh, uh, enjoy I enjoy reading your articles. You're a great reporter, and I appreciate you guys at Politico at covering the facts. You guys are, are, are really good at what you do. Daniel, it's always a pleasure having you on this show. Appreciate your time, my friend. Thank Keep you. up the great work, okay? Thanks so much. Thank you. That's Daniel Lippman, and I mean that. Uh, he's a really good reporter. I really like the people at Politico, too. I think it's a great organization. They cover things in a fair way. Yes, they they cover Trump scandals just like any good reporter would, any good business does. And obviously, Donald Trump doesn't like that. People on the far right don't like it. Um, and uh, so they'll attack Politico and call them a lefty organization or a liberal organization or whatever else they'll say, right? Um, yes, I do think that 
when you have Elon Musk and Jared Kushner hanging out at the World Cup with all these Saudis who, by the way, gave uh, – what uh, I think they're, they've invested close to a billion dollars into Twitter. Uh, even though Elon Musk has a lot of money, he certainly took a lot of investor money from the Saudis. And I'll tell you right now, the Saudis are not happy with what is going on with some of his businesses. And they want somebody else in charge. At least that's what I believe. And I think that's why he put that poll out there. Elon Musk is an extremely wealthy man who also happens to be a conspiracy theorist and an alt-right nut. And Elon Musk likes to be in the news. He has an enormous ego, as many billionaires and rich people do. He loves it that everybody's talking about him. He likes to be in the news. And I believe he he's obviously an extremely intelligent guy. He says things that he doesn't even believe, but he does it because he knows it triggers people. And he will be in the news. That is a page from the Donald Trump playbook. That is who Elon Musk is. He has a lot of money. He has a lot of power. He has a huge ego, and he doesn't like it when people go after him, but he loves it when people are talking about him. That's Elon Musk. Um, I believe he will no longer be running Twitter very, very soon. Uh, there's a lot of money involved here. There's a lot of investors involved here, and I think there's a lot of pressure. So I think soon enough he'll be gone. I think he'll only be in charge here maybe for the next few months, and then somebody else will be taking over. Don't know who. But again, while I don't agree with censoring people because they have different political beliefs than you have. I do believe in censoring people if they're making racist, homophobic statements and or they're inciting violence or putting out medical misinformation. I have no problem with that. But right now, the fact of the matter is, is Elon Musk is still the owner. He is still the guy in charge. This is a private business. And notice Unlike all these right-wing dumbbells out there that don't understand freedom of speech, it doesn't pertain to private business. And Elon Musk can take you off of Twitter if he doesn't like your political beliefs. That's not discrimination. Discrimination would be if he took you off of Twitter because you're black or white. That would be discrimination. He can do that. He's the owner. It's a private business. And you won't hear me crying about that like all the Republicans have been doing for many years. It's a private business. Most Republicans don't seem to understand the concept of freedom of speech, which doesn't pertain to private business. You can't discriminate against somebody because of the color of their skin, where they're from, or their sexuality. But you can say, I don't want you on my platform because I don't like your opinions. I don't like your political beliefs. I don't like the shirt you're wearing, whatever the case may be. It is a private business. Kind of like if you own a private business, let's just say you own a candy store and somebody walks into the store wearing all this Trump gear, Trump hat, Trump shirt. You can say, I'm not providing a service to you. Have a nice day. That is legal. You are protected under the law. It is your business. If somebody walks in there who is from another country and you say, I don't want you here because you're from this country, that is discrimination. There are laws that protect those people. You have to serve them. You can't do that. That's discrimination. Why is it that so many Republicans out there don't understand the law? They call themselves constitutionalists, right? You know, the idiot, Mark Levin, Mark Levin, the great one. He calls himself a constitutionalist, yet he doesn't even understand the basics of what is freedom of speech and how it pertains to the government. Or if he does, he just won't admit it, and he doesn't understand that it doesn't pertain to social media. Anyway, all right, here's what we're going to do. Oh, we're, it's going to get interesting now. We're going to have some fun. I took a trip to Pahrump yesterday, and the reason why I took a trip to Pahrump yesterday is because Michelle Fiore on the ballot, so to speak, to be the justice of the peace. And I was told uh, or asked by Bill Hochstedler, who came uh, in studio the other day, 
to go to this meeting and make public comment. Well, I did. And we have the audio for you. We're going to play it for you coming up next. And uh, I will explain to you what happened. I will give the entire story. Uh, I was out there for seven hours. Those were seven hours longer than I wanted to be out there in Nye County. But I'm going to explain to you what happened and how the commissioners voted. And I will give you all the rundown. And we will take your calls next segment at 702-221-7283. Again, 221-7283. Take a quick break and we will be back right after this. You are listening to Pushing the Limits right here on KSHP. Everybody, are you struggling to find a pizza place that reminds you of Brooklyn? That true blue New York style pie? Well, worry no more. Stallone's Italian Eatery Pizza is a knockout. We're located at 467 East Silverado Ranch Boulevard, just off of Premier Road, half a mile east of South Point Casino, just minutes from the Las Vegas Strip. Come by and grab a slice of pie. Plus, check out our Brooklyn inspired Italian cuisine. Our sandwiches are super hero, that is, because why be a sub? And you can be a hero. Stallone's Italian Eatery is here to serve you phenomenal food, Vegas. Forget about it. Look, it's impossible for the average person to find a great attorney out there. There's so much misinformation. Now, let me introduce you to former Chief Deputy District Attorney Thomas Mosville. He was Las Vegas' top DUI prosecutor for years. He prosecuted the most high-profile DUI cases in Clark County. No one knows more about DUI law in Nevada. Just Google it. If you get charged with DUI, whether it's a misdemeanor or even more importantly, a felony, you need Thomas Moskal representing you. His relationships with the prosecutors and judges and his knowledge of DUI law to work for you. So give him a call now or text him at 702-848-5555. It's your life and liberty that's at stake. Don't wait. Call now. That number again, 702-848-5555. Hey everybody, it's Brian Shapiro from Pushing the Limits. I want to tell you guys about Sahara West Urgent Care and Wellness. They're conveniently located on the southwest corner of Sahara and Jones. They're open Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. and Saturday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. At Sahara West Urgent Care, they'll take care of all your health care needs. They offer routine services such as physicals, STD testing, car accident treatment and work injuries. You name it, they do it. They have on-site x-ray, EKG, ultrasound, and labs. They treat chronic conditions such as asthma, blood pressure, diabetes, and more. They also offer general wellness exams, treatments such as testosterone enhancement and cancer screening. They're located on Sahara, 6125 West Sahara Avenue. Their number is 702-248-0554. And the best part, they accept most major insurances and affordable cash pay prices. Office visits starting at just $95. And I'm also a client. So please give them a call, 702-248-0554. Hey, everybody, are you struggling to find a pizza place that reminds you of Brooklyn? That true blue New York-style pie? Well, worry no more. Stallone's Italian Eatery Pizza is a knockout. We're located at 467 East Silverado Ranch Boulevard, just off of Premier Road, half a mile east 
of South Point Casino, just minutes from the Las Vegas Strip. Come by and grab a slice of pie. Plus, check out our Brooklyn-inspired Italian cuisine. Our sandwiches are super. Hero, that is. Because why be a sub when you can be a hero? Salone's Italian Eatery is here to serve you phenomenal food, Vegas. Forget about it. Welcome back. It is Pushing the Limits on a Wednesday. Thank you so much for joining us. By the way, Rabbi Yaditz Vino, am I saying his name right? He's a great guy. He'll be joining us in studio tomorrow. He's a big Republican. I think we're going to get into some good conversation tomorrow. All right, let's let's get right into this. I'm not going to waste any more time. The right the moment you've been waiting for. So we had Bill Hochstedler in studio um, on Monday, and uh, he was running for Justice of the Peace in Nye County commissioner's meeting in Pahrump, and he told me that Michelle Fiore was running for that position as well. And, and my eyes lit up. I'm like, you got to be kidding me, right? Because Michelle Fiore, uh, anybody who's a reasonable human being would admit that she is just a disgusting human being in every sense of the word. Besides her home being raided by the FBI and allegedly being accused of breaking uh, uh, Seaman's fingers and the racist statements that she's made over time. And slut-shaming Amy Tarkanian, the former Republican chair, she is a despicable human being. She lost her race because people have had enough of her, right? So Bill said to me, he said, why don't you come out to Nye County? Speak, public comment. Michelle Fiore will be there. So I got in my car after the show, and I drove out to Pahrump. Not something I do every day. Uh, All due respect to the people that live in Pahrump. Not my kind of place. I love Las Vegas. I love living here. Don't like Pahrump very much. I guess Lamar Odom uh, did. He used to go out there all the time for different reasons. But anyway, we'll leave that one alone. But I get in my car. I drive out there. It's about hour, 15-minute drive. And as I'm driving out there, I'm thinking to myself, why am I doing this? And then I said, you know what? Maybe my statements that I make will help them make their decision. I was hopeful. So I get out there to this commission meeting, and I remembered why I never want to be a news reporter again. Because when I was a news reporter for 10 years for CBS, local and national, uh, for CBS radio, I had to cover a lot of these meetings that are boring as hell. And for somebody like me that has ADD, I am squirming in my chair. There's no form of entertainment. I can't be on my phone watching a basketball game or something. And it was torture. It was worse than watching paint dry because you got these boring commissioners up there that make their stupid jokes. They think they're funny. And they there's public comment when it comes to all these different issues that I don't care about in Nye County. I'm sitting there for hours. And then finally, after waiting for over two hours, they finally start doing a, I guess you could call it an interview process with the candidates, every one of the candidates. And there's a lot of them. There was over 10 And they're interviewing these candidates during this meeting, and they're asking them the same boring, generic questions. And then Michelle Fiore walks up, this pig. She walks up there, and she's talking about how she's a great shot, and that if she's ever a justice of the peace, come and get me, basically, because, you know, I'm a great shot, and I'm not afraid of you. She was bragging about how great of a shooter she was. She was talking about how she has integrity, uh, the whole nine yards, and then she made a really ignorant comment that only Michelle Fiore would make because she's a moron. And she said that if she is a justice of the peace, she was asked about guns in the courtroom. And she said she would have no problem with everybody, anybody and everybody in the courtroom 
would be allowed to have a gun, even someone that is charged with a felony, as long as they're not convicted, she would have no problem with everybody caring in the courtroom. Think about that for a moment. Let's just say, do you remember the Nasser case, uh, the horrible story about that guy who sexually molested all these young women, these gymnasts? It was horrible, right? Gut-wrenching. Felt terrible for the families. Do you remember the moment in the courtroom where that father charged at Nasser? By the way, I don't blame him for doing that. I mean, you know, it, it's horrible. I mean, this guy, uh, you know, basically raped women and, and, and sexually uh, molested these young girls. And this was a father. I don't blame him for reacting that way. My God. But imagine if that guy had a gun. This is probably a really good man who just lost it, right? His daughter was sexually molested by this guy. In that moment, if he takes out a gun and he shoots Nasser, he's going to be in jail maybe for the rest of his life. Do we want that? Think about all the fights that happen in the courtrooms across the country. There are fights in courtrooms every day. We don't see all of them, but they happen. Michelle Fiore thinks guns. So she's an idiot. Okay, she's a moron. She's an idiot. She's disgusting in every sense of the word. So I'm waiting there for five hours now. We're going on to the fifth, maybe maybe even six hours. Between five and six hours, I am tired. I am hungry. I am swearing uh, to myself because uh, these idiot commissioners, I'll get to them a little bit later, but I am just mumbling to myself, can we please get this thing going? I'm dying in there, right? I just want to come back to Vegas and put the radio show together. So the time finally comes. Where the uh, head commissioner says, all right, it's now time for public comment. I jump out of my seat and I'm the first one in line. I just can't wait to speak and get the hell out of there. Michelle Fiore is a few feet away from me. She's sitting there. She saw me in there and she looked at me and then she kept walking. She knows who I am. She looked at me and she kept walking. I was going to say one thing to her before. And she's sitting there. All the other applicants for justice of the peace are sitting there. And then it is the moment... <laughs> that I've been waiting for. They only give me two minutes. Um, that's what my dates tell me as well, but uh, bad joke. But anyway, they only gave me two minutes and uh, we have the audio for you and I recorded it and here it is. This is me, Brian Shapiro, as I step to the microphone and we are going to play the whole thing for you. Here it is. Thank you. My name is Brian Shapiro, spelled last name S-H-A-P-I-R-L. It's my understanding that the justice of the peace, you're looking for integrity, correct? Right? Is this integrity? This is a picture of Michelle Fiore with panties on her face. This came at a time, it's not funny, this came at a time when I almost died of COVID. I was in the ICU for two weeks. She thought it was a joke, and she did this. Is that integrity? I'm just curious. If you guys support her, you support this. But it doesn't end there. Have you guys ever been raided by the FBI in your homes? I haven't. She has. Have you ever been accused of breaking somebody's fingers? She was. But it gets worse. It gets worse. I'm sure you guys heard this a month ago. The chair of the Republican Party, Amy Tarkanian. I don't, I don't always agree with her, but she's a nice lady, right? I think we all can agree she's a good wife, she's a good mother. Michelle Fiore just slut-shamed her in public a month ago. A month ago. Okay, well, that's what happened. I don't really know what else to say. Uh, I mean, I have some of her quotes here. She called Amy Tarkanian Miss Alcoholic. She said panty dropper after two shots. Those are her words, not mine. Make no mistake about this. If you guys support her, then you can't spell integrity either because you're going to have to explain this to your family. This is who you support. She says she has integrity. 
She has zero integrity. She's a horrific human being. I believe that wholeheartedly, 100%. Now, I'm sure people are going to come up here and they're going to say nice things about her. She could cure cancer, but that doesn't erase the things that she has said, her behavior, and the things that she has done. She is an embarrassment to the state of Nevada. She thinks people should have guns, everybody in a courtroom. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. We have fights all over the country in the courtroom. Imagine if a victim's family of rape or murder is sitting in that courtroom and Michelle Fiore thinks it's okay for those people to have guns. That's absurd. Thank you, sir. Thank you. There you go. That was that, that was my two minutes there. There you go. By the way, I find it also very interesting that as I'm the, – the things that you can't see on the radio, I'll just explain it to you and you might have heard it. I put up a picture, the picture I showed on this show the other day, the picture I'm showing the commissioners and everybody in the room. There's a picture of Michelle Fiore with panties on her face. The reason why she put that on social media, she was mocking people for wearing masks during COVID. Horrible thing to do. And as I'm doing that, I heard somebody on my right that was laughing. And that's, if you heard me, what I said was, it's not funny. Because it's not. But some of these dumbbells out there in Nye County think it's funny when somebody makes fun of COVID. I put an end to that and I said, it's not funny. And then I talked about how You know, I almost died of COVID. And it's interesting, too, because I use the term slut-shaming. What other words am I supposed to use, right? Because that's what Michelle Fiore did. She's talking about how Amy Tarkanian drinks and then her panties come down after two shots. That is the definition of slut-shaming. That's what it is. I don't know what other word to use, but the commissioner said, oh, let's be civil. He said something like that. I'm thinking to myself, you want me to be civil? This is a, the woman that's running for justice of the peace that you voted for. We'll get to that. But but they want me to be civil, these idiots in Nye County. By the way, no diversity in that room at all. I think there was one black person in the room. No diversity at all in there. A bunch of crusty, middle-aged Republicans, white. That's what I had to deal with yesterday. I had to wait six hours to get that two minutes in. And boy, when that time expired, they were quick to, to get me off the mic. That's for sure. Here's something else that you you won't see because you you listen to it, but in when I was there, when I started talking and I said you guys are looking for integrity, right? Three of the five commissioners weren't even looking at me. They were fumbling around with their papers. They weren't even paying attention to me. Oh, that changed really fast because I, when I put up the picture of Michelle Fiore with panties on her face, then all of a sudden they jumped in their chair and they were looking at me. Like I sit there for six hours and they can't give me two minutes of their time and actually pay attention until I started to, you know, start my rant. What's really disappointing beyond belief is, you know, I had a few people that were at the meeting when I left and they said, great job. You know, you're on the record. There's no way they can vote Michelle Fiore in now, right? There's no way. And I'm driving home and I'm thinking to myself, wow, you know, if that's really true, then maybe this trip was worth it. Maybe I was able to get to them even though there are a bunch of morons on this commission, and I'll get to that in a moment, maybe, just maybe, I was able to get to them. Maybe they will say, you know what? Maybe that guy Brian's right. You know, maybe we shouldn't allow this woman to be a justice of the peace with all of her behavior. Lo and behold, I get home among a few text messages that I received, and I'm told that they voted for her 5-0 and approved her to be the justice of the peace in Nye County. Boy, am I glad I don't live in Nye County. What a bunch of dumbasses out there. I reached out to all five of those that are commissioners that were up there that voted in Michelle Fiore, and I am going to name all of them to you, and I will tell you that one person got back to me. I'll get to that in a moment. Bruce Jabauer, I don't even know if I'm pronouncing his name right, 
complete moron, voted Michelle Fiorian. Donna Cox, commissioner, a female, after I just told the story about how Michelle Fiore just slut-shamed another woman because Amy Tarkanian didn't support her for office, Donna Cox voted for Michelle Fiore. Deborah Strickland, another female, voted for Michelle Fiore. Frank Carbone, the chair. And Leo Blundell, the vice chair. Let me tell you a little something about this guy that I learned. He has been accused of choking his wife. And apparently, from what I've heard, the prosecutor does plan on felony domestic violence charges, strangulation charges. Boy, they really got some great people out there. We got a guy that allegedly strangled his wife. And he's on the commission voting in Michelle Fiore. Should we be surprised about that? Really wonderful people out there on this commission. I have emailed all five of them because I wanted them to come on the show today and answer to why they voted for this despicable woman, Michelle Fiore. I also texted all of them because I have all their cell phone numbers. Only one person got back to me because they're cowards. The one person that got back to me, and I'm going to read the email on the air right now, is Frank Carbone. He responded with one sentence, and here's what he said earlier today. Quote, please talk to the commissioner that made the motion and the second and the second the motion. So to interpret that, I see that as I'm a coward. I don't want to come on your show and own to the way I voted. So let somebody else do it, and I'm going to hide behind them. That's what Frank Carbone did because he's a coward, just like every single one of these commissioners. I've given all of them an opportunity to come on this show through text and email, every single one of them. And that's the only response I got from one of the commissioners. That's it. What a bunch of despicable people out there in Nye County on uh, these commissioners. Despicable. You had a bunch of people there that were decent people, like Bill Hochstedler, who came in studio. He's a decent guy. I don't care if you're Republican or Democrat. Who cares? So why? Why did they vote for Michelle Fiore? Well, Here's one for starters. One of the commissioners, this is so ridiculous, and it goes to show you the train of thought of these idiots in Nye County. One of the commissioners read a letter written by the orange turd himself, Donald Trump. Donald Trump, because Michelle Fiore wears the Donald Trump knee pads and she's been kissing his ass and brown nosing him for years, Donald Trump wrote a letter endorsing Michelle Fiore to be the justice of the peace. And boy, all these people on the commission, their eyes lit up. They loved this letter. In fact, one of them read it aloud at the meeting yesterday as if somebody who is a disgraced as Donald Trump, who has been impeached twice, who has attacked our democracy, our constitution, parts of which he wants to abolish, but somehow... Getting a love letter like that from Donald Trump endorsing Michelle Fiore, they all light up in Nye County. Oh, what a wonderful thing. Look at the endorsement Michelle Fiore got. What a wonderful thing. They're Trumpers out there. They're all right-wing Trumpers, most of them. I would imagine those that are on the commission. They're Trumpers. And if at this point you are a despicable human being and you're still a Trumper you're probably going to vote for Michelle Fiore because she's also a despicable human being. And she's also a Trumper. I went out there and I did what I could. They only gave me two minutes. I would have spoke for a half an hour if they gave it to me. But they only gave me two minutes. 
So my question to you now as I open up the phone lines is, what do you make of this vote? Why do you think they voted for Michelle Fiore? What do you make of my two-minute public statement? You think I could have said more in there in two minutes? I did what I could. Maybe I could have done more. I'll accept some constructive criticism. The number to call is 702-221-7283. And again, that number, if you want to be a part of the conversation, now is the time to call. And again, that number is 702-221-7283. And I will give all of you the opportunity to to speak your piece. Hey, maybe you think, listen, maybe you think Michelle Fiore is is the right person for the job. I don't know. Maybe you think I'm wrong. I'll love to hear from you. Either way. 2217283. Okay, who uh who would be the uh first person that we have on the line that would like to speak to this? Let's go to uh Dr. Fry joining us right now. Dr. Fry, what's going on, man? I am so proud of you for going out there and being a good citizen that I am going to buy you a tank of gas oh, to wow. pay for the gas that you wasted going out there, <laughs> and I am going to take you out for dinner. Wow, that's you very are, nice of you. <laughs> you. You are the embodiment of a good citizen, and I am so proud of you. And Michelle Fiore fits into the tip. You know how the baseball and football they have the Hall of Fame? Yes. Well, these Republicans have the Hall of Horrors. <laughs> and she is going to be admitted into the Hall of Horrors because she is a despicable. And everybody on that, I'm sure there were all MAGA Republicans on there. Yeah, they must be. And i got to tell you, I have decided that I'm going to make a donation to Donald Trump. And you know that there is nobody that hates Donald Trump more than me. And the reason I'm going to make a donation is I hope he gets on the ballot. Because he is so toxic and so poisonous that he will guarantee the Democrats win everything. So I have changed my tune. I no longer want him out. I want him to run. And everything that comes out shows how unbelievably toxic the Republicans are, how ignorant they are, how biased they are. They don't care about our democracy. And uh, I am just... uh, Oops. coming out. Okay. And I am just so proud of you for taking your hard, your valuable time and going out there. You did a public service. The fact that they are willing to put her tells you how crazy some of these rural Republican counties are yeah. and that they don't want to be, uh, they don't want to be influenced by facts or good government or anything else. Yeah, you're All right. they want to do yeah. is, is to quote your, your words, get it, get the knee pads on and, and kiss the butt of Donald Trump. <laughs> no, you're right. So I'll let you're right. Yeah. I'll, I'll let somebody else call in. But uh, well, Doc, I appreciate I, I just that. Decided, I just decided this morning that I'm tired of fighting Trump. He is so toxic, and so many independents yeah. hate him. And he he he, gener- he generates enthusiasm for Democrats to vote. Yeah. And the midterm election proved it yeah. with all the victories he had. All of his election deniers lost. Mm-hmm. And the country is still a place for democracy, and we are not finished yet. Thank God for Joe Biden and Nancy Pelosi. They are good governors and ethical people, and there's not an ethical Republican anymore. They just keep kissing well, Michelle Fiore. Well, Michelle Michelle Fiore is certainly not ethical. That's for sure. Uh, hey, listen, oh, Doc. He, I uh, yeah. I appreciate your comments very much. Um, I did and look I, at I, I did I did look at it as a waste of gas. But I appreciate your offer. I might take you up on dinner. That sounds like a lot of fun, sir. Um, and it, I appreciate be that. My pleasure. And and we need more citizens like you that are willing to stand well, up. Even if we lose, we get it on the record, and, and we, yep. we we shame them. Amen, Sometimes brother. Sometimes all you can do is shame them. Amen, brother. That's all we can do, and I, I do my best, sir, and I know you do as well. Thanks, Doc. Good to hear and, from you, my friend. 
Merry Christmas to everybody. Bye-bye. Thank you. Thanks, Doc. Happy, Happy Hanukkah. Hanukkah. Yes, sir. I appreciate you. Dr. Fry, I love the guy. Uh, I appreciate those kind words. That was very, very nice of him. All right, number to call, 702-221-7283. And again, that number, if you want to be a part of the conversation, that number is 702-221-7283 if you want to be a part of the conversation. I believe we have John on the line. Am I wrong on that, Mark? Do we have a John on the line? Okay, let's, let's uh, if we can, let's go to John. Let's put that other caller on hold, uh, and let's go to John. John, uh, are you with me, my friend? John, are you there? Uh-oh, I think we lost John. John, call back, my friend. We'll take your call, call back. Again, that number to call is 702-221-7283. If you want to be a part of the program, we're talking about uh, Michelle Fiore and my trip out there to Nye County, uh, what did you think about uh, my little two-minute speech that I made? Uh, what do you What do you think about um, Michelle Fiore being voted in five zero? All right, we're going to take some more phone calls now. Seven zero two 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 one seven two eight three. Let's go to TK. TK is next. Hello, TK. Hey Brian, I wanted to say thank you so much for taking the time to go out and make your statement. Sure, sure. I uh, I, I got to say I. Uh, as I was driving home, TK, and I spoke to some people and, and several people I spoke to said, you know what, I, I you're on the record now. I don't think they're going to vote f- for Fiore. And I, as I'm driving home, I'm feeling kind of good. I'm feeling like, hey, you know what, maybe I made a difference. And then as soon as I got home and I found out that Fiore was voted in 5-0, uh, I, I was very disheartened by it. You know, I was very disappointed. Well, as a Republican myself, it's disappointing uh, due to the fact that some of the Republicans that we do have in the state of Nevada does not represent my conservative views. People like me, they want to consider us rhinos, which in reality, I don't look at myself as a rhino. And when I see people, especially uh, former Councilwoman Michelle, who at one time I considered to be a friend, attack my friend, Amy Tarkanian, the way that she did, because Amy felt it was right, as I did, to vote for the character and the quality of candidates. Yes, I will go on record. I did vote for Cisco Aguila. I did vote for those people that I felt were not the right Republicans, because I was not going to go straight party label. Uh, it, it, it just, it really is disappointing. Sorry about my dog. That's okay. It's disappointing. <laughs> yeah, well, your dogs, your dog, your dogs are disappointed too. I can hear them. <laughs> what do you, what do you make, what do you make of some of these commissioners here in Nye County? Like this guy, Leo Blundell. Listen, I didn't know who these people were from a hole in the wall until I did a little research. The guy is accused allegedly of strangling his wife. This is a guy who's up there on the commission. What do you make of that? Knowing Leo, uh, it really shocked me when that all came out uh, between he and his wife, Melissa. And uh, it's disheartening that something like that went um, publicly. However, if you are somebody that domestically abuses your spouse, then you should go on record because yeah. if I recall, if domestic abuse means that your guns are taken away, all those things. And with the red law in effect, that in itself uh, is 
something that I would think, again, yeah. a conservative Republican like Leo says he is would have been concerned. Same thing with Melissa. Yeah, no question. Uh, no, no question. I got to tell you, man, we, we still got to call these people out. Uh, I have reached out and, and TK, by the way, it's good to hear from you. I appreciate the fact that you're a Republican, but you're what I would call a Reagan Republican, a decent person who calls out the bad and evil in the world. It doesn't matter whether you have an R or D nickname. And I, I do appreciate that about you, TK. Thank you so much for Thank calling you. in. Thank you. Good to hear from you, TK. Oh, and, and I love, I love to hear from people like that. You know, I love to hear from people that say, Hey, you know what? I'm a Republican, but Michelle Fiore's awful. She's terrible. She's awful. Terrible person. I love to hear from honest people. You know, that's that's what I that's what I love about doing a show like this because I like hearing from people that can say, "Hey, listen, I'm a Republican, but I'm not a Trumper." 702-221-7283 is the number to call if you want to be a part of the conversation. Let's go to John. John is next up. What's going on, John? Brian, my man. <laughs> you you are an absolute patriot, man. To spend six, seven hours doing that, holy crap, you did your uh, patriotic duty. Torture. And uh, <laughs> I bet, man. It was, tor- uh, it was torture out there, man. Those are not my kind of people, okay? I'm just There are some nice people in Pahrump. Don't get me wrong. But these commissioners and some of these people out there, oh, my God, I thought I was at a Klan rally. I'm telling you. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> and I'll, uh, I'll double that offer of Dr. Fry. I'll take you out to dinner. And bring uh Wow, I got two dinners out of this. I got two dinners out of this. No, don't bring Chris. You know why? Because I was supposed to pick up Chris Wynn, and he was supposed to be taking video for me, and he was supposed to come out with me. Instead, he was napping, and he didn't come. So, no, Chris Chris can't be invited. All right. Sorry, Chris. (laughs) I tried, buddy. But hey, uh, my mother's gonna. My mother's gonna. If my mother was listening, should should uh, should smack me for this. But I've met Michelle Fury a few times. Okay, she is. She is not an attractive woman. She's short. She's extremely overweight. She, her face is pockmarked. She's, she's an extremely unattractive woman. But her inside is even uglier than her outside. It's hard to think of a human being that is more despicable than her. And, and, and God bless you, man. You did God's work yesterday. Um, you know, the interesting part's going to be when she when it's when it's time for Michelle Fiore to start, uh, you know, handing out some justice, there's going to be a lot of unhappy people up there in Pahrump because do you think for one second Michelle Fiore is going to be objective? No. It's my understanding no. that the JPs in Pahrump, they handle small claims. Cases. No, and by the way, by the way, no, the answer is no, John. And by the way, uh, she just bought some property out there recently when she learned about this position opening. She knew what she was doing. She knew she couldn't win here. The amazing thing about this whole thing, John, is all the people up there, they read a, a I think I, I mentioned this earlier, they read a letter from Donald Trump endorsing Michelle Fiore, and, and they used that. You know why? Yeah, you go ahead. You know why he endorsed her? Tell me. When, when, when she was running for governor for that week of delusion that she had there, yeah. she ran commercials in Florida. And for her running for governor in Nevada, she ran him in Palm County or whatever county it is in Florida where Trump lives. So she just bought his favor. Uh, you know, who the hell is running for governor of Nevada, yeah. runs pro-Trump commercials for herself in Florida? So it's just... And the amazing thing is, John, you know, I show a picture of her with panties on her face and somebody laughs. They think it's funny. The commissioners weren't even paying attention to me until I showed the picture. And then all of a sudden they jumped in their chair. And another interesting point when I was speaking, John, 
is that when I use the term slut shame, which is exactly what Michelle Fiore did to Amy Tarkanian, the chair said, let's keep it civil. And I'm thinking to myself, here's the woman that you voted for. Here is the woman that did the slut shaming, who's made all these racist, terrible comments, but you're telling me to keep it civil. And this idiot sends me an email today, the chair, okay? He is a moron. He sends me an email because I wanted him to come on. I wanted him to own the vote, right? I wanted him to own it. And the only response I get from him is, please talk to the commissioner that made the motion and second the motion. What a coward. You voted for her. I want you to talk about your vote. My tax dollars pay for you to have a job. I want you to come on this show and own what you did. And they won't do it because they are all cowards, John. They're cowards. Yeah, and I was thrilled that you read their names. And please read their names again and, and re- maybe read them every day for a, for a month or something. <laughs> I don't even know if I'm going to give know? them that much attention, but I'll tell you what I'm going to do for you, John. I'll read their names again next segment. How's that? Awesome, man. Great job. <laughs> All right. Absolutely. Thanks, tremendous. brother. I appreciate you, John. Thanks for calling in, my man. I appreciate you. Thank Have you. Thank you. You too. Um, by the way, some of my favorite moments of this show in the seven months I started this show, has it been seven or eight? I don't, probably a little more. It's been like nine months is when Brett Raymer, who came in studio yesterday, gets into political debates with John. Those are some of the, my favorite debates of all time. And I got to post some of those on social media. They're a lot of fun. All right. We'll take more of your calls on the other side. 702. 702- 221-7283. Again, that number if you want to be a part of the conversation, 702-221-7283. If uh, you're just joining us, Michelle Fiore will be the new justice of the peace in Nye County. I went out there, I said a few words. Maybe we'll play it one more time, and then that'll be the end of it. I mean, I did suffer for seven hours. I think I deserve to play it one more time on the air, my statement. And as I said, we'll, we'll take more of your calls, 702-221-7283. We'll take a quick break. And we'll be back right after this. You're listening to Pushing the Limits right here on KSHP. All right, welcome back. It is Pushing the Limits on a Wednesday. So glad you could join us. Hey, we got VGK in action tonight. I'll be heading out to uh, T-Mobile. God, I love having an NHL team here in Vegas. Grew up a Hartford Whaler season ticket holder. Love having live NHL hockey here. Game tonight, game Friday against the Blues. You know, what's great for me is, is you know, I was a season ticket holder, Hartford Whalers, with my dad when I in the early 90s, right? So a lot of these guys that played in the early 90s, I see as scouts and coaches, and I see them. And it's exciting because I see who these guys are. You know, Mike Madano, I had a chance to, to talk with him, and our goalie coach here is Sean Burke, which is so funny because he was our Hartford Whaler star goaltender back in the day so we always joke and talk a little bit about the whalers and it's just it's just cool it's just cool to see these guys you know so many years later in uh you know managerial roles scouting you name it uh pretty cool i want to tell you guys about my favorite gaming bar in town and i don't know if michelle fiore goes there or not I haven't seen her there, so I think you're safe, everybody. Jackson's Bar and Grill, located at Flamingo and Jones. Every Sunday, you earn 200 points and get $50 in free play December promos. Also, every Monday, you earn 200 points, get a free bottle of wine. Every Tuesday, 10 times points all day. Tonight is a VGK game, so they're going to do the pass the puck, which is pretty cool. Uh, every period, they're giving away $100 in free uh, slot play. If you get a four of a kind, uh, you get a puck, and if you... If you are holding on to that puck by the end of the period, you get 100 bucks free slot play. How fun is that, man? Some restrictions do apply. Please check them out. Jackson's Bar and Grill located at Flamingo and Jones. Tell them I sent you. 
All right, so I was talking a little bit about the Klan rally I attended yesterday. Oh, I'm sorry. No, it wasn't a Klan rally. David Duke was not there. It was the uh, Nye Commissioner meeting where they voted in Michelle Fiore 5-0. I think you you probably know Michelle Fiore's history. I've talked about it a lot. Um, But uh, what I want to do is I want to play the audio again for you in case you missed it. Uh, I'll play it one more time for you. So I drove out there, as I mentioned, I, you know, I'm thinking to myself, why am I doing this? Why am I doing this? Why am I doing this? I'm, I'm thinking that to myself as I'm driving out there. I'm waiting hours and hours. It is excruciating for somebody like me that has horrendous ADD. Like I hated going to class. I still went to class. I hated it. If I'm watching a sporting event, it's weird. I have like selective ADD. Like I can hit golf balls on a driving range for an hour and I'm not going to lose interest. But if I'm doing something that I don't, uh, that's boring or I don't have interest in, it's 10 times worse than normal people because I'm not normal. I have horrendous ADD. So being at this meeting, it was brutal. Like I got up probably 40 times and I went to my car and I got some M&Ms and, uh, you know, I got back in there and I'm sitting in my chair and it's excruciating and, and it just, it was terrible. And I, and I got two minutes to, to speak my piece, so to speak, to try to do my part in making sure that Michelle Fiore never is justice of the piece. So I'll play it for you one more time. This is, uh, me at the commissioner's meeting there in Nye County, giving my two minutes to speak my mind about Michelle Fiore. Here it is. My name is Brian Shapiro, spelled last name S-H-A-P-I-R-L. It's my understanding that the justice of the peace, you're looking for integrity, correct? Right? Is this integrity? This is a picture of Michelle Fiore with panties on her face. This came at a time, it's not funny, this came at a time when I almost died of COVID. I was in the ICU for two weeks. She thought it was a joke, and she did this. Is that integrity? I'm just curious. If you guys support her, you support this. But it doesn't end there. Have you guys ever been raided by the FBI in your homes? I haven't. She has. Have you ever been accused of breaking somebody's fingers? She was, but it gets worse. It gets worse. I'm sure you guys heard this a month ago. The chair of the Republican Party, Amy Tarkanian. I don't, I don't always agree with her, but she's a nice lady, right? I think we all can agree she's a good wife. She's a good mother. Michelle Fiore just slut shamed her in public a month ago. A month ago. Okay. Well, that's what happened. I don't really know what else to say. Uh, I mean, I have some of her quotes here. She called Amy Tarkanian Miss Alcoholic. She said, panty dropper after two shots. Those are her words, not mine. Make no mistake about this. If you guys support her, then you can't spell integrity either because you're going to have to explain this to your family. This is who you support. She says she has integrity. She has zero integrity. She's a horrific human being. I believe that wholeheartedly, 100%. Now, I'm sure people are going to come up here and they're going to say nice things about her. She could cure cancer, but that doesn't erase the things that she has said her behavior, and the things that she has done. She is an embarrassment to the state of Nevada. She thinks people should have guns, everybody in a courtroom. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. We have fights all over the country in the courtroom. Imagine if a victim's family of rape or murder is sitting in that courtroom and Michelle Fiore thinks it's okay for those people to have guns. That's absurd. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Yeah, didn't really do a lot of good, did it? Unfortunately, and I appreciate the people who called in that uh, were thankful that I went out there. But I got to tell you, I'm pretty disheartened. So who are these people? Who are these people that uh, voted in Michelle Fiore? Obviously, Mike, by the way, to start that, 
The reason why I brought up the word integrity, because that's what they're supposed to be looking for. They're supposed to be looking for somebody with integrity. It says that. Those are some of the standards. They want someone with integrity. When you think of the word integrity, is the, is the first person you think of is Michelle Fiore, who puts panties over her face when people are dying of COVID. Integrity? Of course not. It's the opposite of integrity. So who are these people? I got to say, I didn't know who the commissioners were out there. I did a little bit of research and people sent me some stuff. We got one guy that is the vice chair. His name is Leo Blundo. Sounds like a name from the Sopranos or something. A Blundetto. Blundo. I don't know. Um, This guy was accused, allegedly, of choking out his wife. And the prosecutor now, I guess they have another prosecutor from what I understand. I read a little bit about does say he plans on still filing felony domestic violence charges, strangulation charges against this guy and what he allegedly did to his wife. This is the vice chair. You think maybe they can find some better people out there that could be commissioners, by the way. And the reason why, obviously, I'm joking when I say Klan rally, but I'm also being a little serious here. Because I didn't see any minorities there. Certainly none of the commissioners are minorities. No black people. I mean, all I'm saying is I want diversity. Luckily, we have more diversity here in Las Vegas than we certainly do in Nye County or Pahrump. So that's Leo Blundo. He's the vice chair. I texted him and I emailed him to see if no response. The chairman is Frank Carbone. He did send me an email back. He's a coward. He said, please talk to the commissioner that made the motion and the second the motion. So basically what he's saying is, I'm not going to do your show. I'm going to hide behind other people. You are a coward, Frank Carbone. That is exactly what you are. And you are despicable. And all these other commissioners out there are despicable. Bruce Jabauer. Don't care if I'm pronouncing his name wrong. Idiot. Donna Cox and Deborah Strickland are the other two commissioners there that voted Michelle Fiore in. These are two women. How do you look in the mirror when you just voted in a woman who slut-shamed somebody for not supporting her candidacy? And as a woman, it'd be bad enough if a man voted in Michelle Fiore. As two women, how do you defend your vote? I don't care what you think Michelle Fiore's education is or resume. I don't care how you think her criminal background can help Pahrump or Nye County. It doesn't matter. The fact that you voted this woman in says to me, that you don't care if somebody with power slut shames another woman. That's what you are saying. You both are despicable and you're an embarrassment to women and you're an embarrassment to the state of Nevada. All of you, all five of you. And I've given all five of you an opportunity to come on this show. I've given an opportunity for all five of you. I've texted all of you. I've emailed all five of you. And the only response I get is, oh, talk to the commissioner, the one that's second the motion. You idiots, you cowards. You ignorant buffoons out there. I am so glad I don't live out there in Nye County. It's funny, though. I got a text message from a friend today, and a friend of mine said, Hey, Brian, you better not get arrested in Nye County because Michelle Fiore might do something about it. I mean, it's kind of funny, but trust me, I'm not going to be spending a lot of time in Nye County with you idiots out there that are running that county. Are you kidding me? I mean, this is an embarrassment. And, you know, it goes to the national where we are in this country. You know, it goes to where we are in this country. By the way, number to call 702-221-7283. Again, if you want to be a part of the conversation, now's the time to call 702-221-7283. This goes to show you where we are as a nation right now. What just happened in Nye County last night. And what happened in Nye County last night is an abomination, right? It's not like she's the only person 
in Michelle Fiore. It's not like she's the only person that applied for this position. She wasn't the only applicant. We had Bill Hochstedler in here. He's a good guy. He would have been great at this job. He's a good, decent man. We have all these other people that were running. Some of those people, a few of them I don't like, but I think there were, there were decent people, decent people that ran for this position. And you might be asking yourself, why? Why did they vote for Michelle? Well, because there were Trumplican idiots. That why? That's why. It's what I talk about these people. These were Trumplicans out there. They don't care. They have no class at this point. And they put her in. You think she's going to be spending a lot of time in Nye County? I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. But it goes to show where we are as a nation right now. Where are we at as a nation? Well, I'll tell you where we're at. We still have people in, in, in power positions in this country. Say what you want. These commissioners in Nye County, they do have some power. Even if allegedly you're accused of strangling your wife, uh, you still have power. So it seems like they elect some wonderful people out there in Nye County to be their commissioners. These are who these people are. And this is why I don't really go to, I don't go to these meetings. I had to go to these meetings and I was forced to when I was a reporter. I hate them. Because to me, the public comment doesn't mean anything because many of these people that are on these commission staffs, you know, these are commissioners, they don't even listen to public comment. It's just something that they have to do. They see it as red tape. They don't listen. They already had their minds made up. I guarantee you, these commissioners up there, they already had their minds made up and they knew who they were going to vote and they knew it was going to be Michelle Fiore. Didn't matter what was said. Didn't matter what I said. Didn't matter what anybody else said. They already knew. They went through it. They went through the normal proceedings like they did. They gave everybody an opportunity to speak. They knew going into this that they were going to vote for Michelle Fiore for ridiculous reasons. They knew. That's how these things work. So there's a part of me that says, hey, Brian, it's good you went out there. At least you said your piece. And, and But then there's a part of me that said, what a waste of time with these morons out there. You know, I felt like, I, I hate to say this, but I'm going to say it like this. It's almost like me driving to a Klan rally, which by the way, I would never do. I don't condone it, but I'm saying it'd be like me going to a Klan rally and speaking to the Grand Wizard and his staff about how black people are decent people and you should treat them with respect. That's what I felt like. Think about that analogy for a minute. Go to a Klan rally and say, treat black people as equals. They're good people. They're decent people. And I would give a bunch of examples and you think they would listen to me? No, of course not. And then I would drive home and they would still have their clan meetings and they would still be racist a-holes, right? I feel that way about these people in Nye County in that situation. It didn't matter what I said about Michelle Fiore. And by the way, everything I said was factually accurate. I didn't lie about anything. You know, she was accused of breaking uh, Siemens fingers. She was raided by the FBI. She did slut shame Amy Tarkanian. She has made racist comments because she's a horrible person. Everything I said was true. Right, I didn't make anything up. I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but it didn't matter. Just like going to that Klan rally and speaking to the Grand Wizard about how black people should be treated as equals, I felt like that person. I was at the Commissioner Klan rally. It didn't matter what I said. They, I wasn't going to change their minds. They were voting for Michelle Fiore. Do you understand that analogy? I'm telling you, that's how I feel. You could have had a hundred people lined up that hate Michelle Fiore, that said all those things about Michelle Fiore that she has done. You could have had a hundred people and they still would have voted for Michelle Fiore. Why? Well, hey, let's remember, folks, they had that Donald Trump letter. I mean, the Donald Trump endorsement, right? That means everything to them. That's gold to them, right? 
I mean, it's so ridiculous. People are so stupid, and they're so biased, and they're so fixed in their ways. And that's what really disheartens me. That's what gets me more upset than anything else. This isn't about Republican Democrat. At least it shouldn't be, right? This isn't about your, it shouldn't be about your political views. This is just about right and wrong. I don't care if they have a justice of the peace anywhere in this country that's Republican or Democrat. As long as you're a decent person, shouldn't that be what matters? Are you a good person? Can you be a leader? Yes. And then we'll talk about are you qualified for the job, which clearly Michelle Fiore is not. But is, shouldn't that be number one? Are you a decent human being? Are you a leader? Do you have leadership qualities? Do you have integrity? That's how I vote. And it could have literature in it that says, you know, we're looking for this, this, and this. Obviously, they don't abide by that there. I have given the invites to these five commissioners to come on. I have texted every single one of them, all five of them. And I have emailed all five of them, and the invitation is still open. I would like any of them to come on this show and give me the reason why you decided to think that it was okay and endorse Michelle Fiore to be a justice of the peace in Nye County. You have that extended invite, and I would love to have you on the show and explain. Now, I can tell you 99% none of them will appear on this show because they are cowards. And I will not be spending a lot of time in Nye County. That is for sure. If somebody wants, you know, they got some nice golf courses out there. I guess I'll get out there and play golf and then get the hell out of there. Because you got a bunch of buffoons that are running that county. A bunch of buffoon commissioners. Bunch of morons. And I did meet a few people out there. Talked to a few people. Um, and they probably didn't like me coming out there. I left right after I spoke. There were a lot of people that spoke after me that said, oh, that guy, that guy lives in Clark County. He doesn't live in Nye County. Idiot, like that matters. My opinion isn't valid because I live an hour away, you stupid buffoon, you right-wing hacks. Some guy went up there and he said that. Another guy went up there and, uh, you know, said the opposite, basically what I said, accused me of lying, didn't lie about anything. And then uh, they had Michelle Fiore come back up there last night, and then she bragged about her guns again. Um, just think about that for a moment. We're not talking about somebody that may not might not do very good at their job that shouldn't be in a powerful position. It's not all about that. Think about this for a moment. And I'm talking to everybody, even you gun nuts out there that think more guns are the answer. This is a despicable woman who actually believes that every single person in a courtroom, even a defendant, if they're not a convicted felon, should be allowed to be carrying a gun into a courtroom. Think about that for a minute. You want to talk about wacky and dangerous. That could be a reality in Nye County. She believes that that should be allowed. Think about this. I'm sure at one point or another, you've either seen it on TV or maybe even in person like me. You've seen fights in the courtroom. You couldn't find a more emotional place to be in at times. You have people that are convicted of murder. You have people that are convicted of rape or accused of rape. Emotions could not be higher in some cases. And in some of those cases, Michelle Fiore believes that everybody should be allowed to be carrying a gun. 
folks, you don't need to be extremely intelligent to understand that that's a bad idea, right? You can have an IQ over 20, hopefully, and you understand that that's only going to cause problems. The only people that should be allowed to be carrying in a courtroom are the employees and the guards and the officers. That is it. Why? Because it's about safety. That's why. It's about everybody being safe. If you have guns in a courtroom and everybody is allowed to be carrying a gun, then people are going to be killed. It's imminent. It's going to happen. And then what do you do in the case of a father who has a daughter who was, God forbid, but it happens. I wish it didn't, raped. And you have the defendant that is there and then the father loses his mind for a split second. Good man. He's never been arrested of a crime before and he lets his emotion get the best of him and he takes out his gun and he shoots the defendant that guy just ruined his life and now his daughter has to grow up without a dad because the dad's going to be in jail for decades and decades is that what michelle fiore wants how could you be dumb enough to not understand that those situations could happen we see fights in the courtroom all the time now the good news is when we have fights in a courtroom it's broken up usually there's no serious injuries because the guards have guns and the brave men and women in uniform that are in those courtrooms, they have guns, and that's the way it should be. So in closing, I'll say this. I am so disappointed on what uh, Nye County commissioners did last night. It is so disheartening to me that there are still people in this country and dumbasses in Nye County that would vote for Michelle Fiore to be the justice of the peace. I am so disheartened that there are still people like that out there. And sadly, right in my backyard, you know, hour away from here, complete idiots. But hey, if they want to come on and call me an idiot and tell me why I'm wrong, I'll be glad to hear from them. I will give them that platform to do so. And they are welcome to do so. Michelle Fiore has refused to do this show. Geez, I wonder why. Maybe I would hold her account to, by her behavior. I would hold her accountable. No, people that don't want to be held accountable will not do this show. Trust me, I've learned that. And then the few people that do, they learn who I am, and then they never come back. Um, the, you know, that, that, that's just the way it is. And, and, you know, luckily I have some really good friends and some people that are Republicans that, we, you know, we don't always agree on things. Amy Tarkanian's a perfect example of that. She'll do this show when I ask her to, and I appreciate that about her. All right, so we'll take a quick break. And when we come back, as I like to call him, the man, the myth, the legend, Ron Futrell is going to be joining us. Quickly, I want to tell you guys about my good friends at Sahara West Urgent and Primary Care. They're located at 6125 West Sahara Avenue, Suite 1B. No appointment needed. Give them a call, 702-248-0554. You can also visit them online at saharawesturgentcare.com. I was in and out of there in 20 minutes, man. Very professional. They do a wonderful job over there. If you don't have insurance, they take most insurances. But if you don't have insurance, $95 payment. Uh, you can't beat it, man. Sahara West Urgent and Primary Care, 6125 West Sahara avenue please check them out they took care of me i promise they will take care of you ron futrell channel 8 sports will be joining us next and we're going to talk a little unlv hoops with them we got a big vgk game tonight at home and uh what about those raiders <laughs> always a topic of conversation we'll take a quick break we'll be back right after this you're listening to pushing the limits right here on kshp for the average person to find a great attorney out there. There's so much misinformation. 
Now, let me introduce you to former Chief Deputy District Attorney Thomas Moskal. He was Las Vegas' top DUI prosecutor for years. He prosecuted the most high-profile DUI cases in Clark County. No one knows more about DUI law in Nevada. Just Google it. If you get charged with DUI, whether it's a misdemeanor or even more importantly, a felony, you need Thomas Moskal representing you. His relationships with the prosecutors and judges and his knowledge of DUI law to work for you. So give him a call now or text him at 702-848-5555. It's your life and liberty that's at stake. Don't wait. Call now. That number again, 702-848-5555. Hey everybody, it's Brian Shapiro from Pushing the Limits. I want to tell you guys about Sahara West Urgent Care and Wellness. They're conveniently located on the southwest corner of Sahara and Jones. They're open Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. and Saturday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. At Sahara West Urgent Care, they'll take care of all your health care needs. They offer routine services such as physicals, STD testing, car accident treatment and work injuries. You name it, they do it. They have on-site x-ray, EKG, ultrasound, and labs. They treat chronic conditions such as asthma, blood pressure, diabetes, and more. They also offer general wellness exams, treatments such as testosterone enhancement and cancer screening. They're located on Sahara, 6125 West Sahara Avenue. Their number is 702-248-0554. And the best part, they accept most major insurances and affordable cash pay prices, office visits starting at just $95. And I'm also a client. So please give them a call, 702-248-0554. Welcome back. It is Pushing the Limits on a Wednesday. We got a VGK game tonight at uh, T-Mobile Arena. We got a big UNLV basketball game tomorrow against Southern Miss. Pretty good basketball team. The Thomas and Mac is starting to get loud. The fans are starting to come back, rightfully so. And uh, that's exciting. And then VGK back in action on Friday. And what better person to talk about all this? Little Raiders, get his thoughts on UNLV football, the hiring of the new head coach and offensive coordinator, Petrino. So it's a lot to talk about and catch up with uh, my man, the man, the myth, the legend, Ron Futrell from Channel 8 Sports. Mm -hmm. Mr. Futrell, what's going on, my friend? Brian, thank you, thank you so much for having me on. I surely do appreciate it. And of course, you mentioned what's going on tonight, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Of course, the Raiders are at, at Pittsburgh taking on the Steelers uh, at that time. And wow, what a shocker with Franco Harris today. We're yeah. looking forward to this week and all the festivities and everything leading up to mm. that game, the 50th anniversary of, of the Immaculate Reception. Isn't it weird how the world works, Ron? Like he passes away two days before. It's just like, it's horrible. Yeah. You know, and he was a great guy. Yeah. I've met him in Vegas a couple times. Super nice, approachable guy to talk to. I know you have as well. And very sad. Yeah. My thoughts and prayers go out to his friends and family. It's terrible. Yeah, you, you know what he liked, and here's my observations of that. Number one is that, you know, just nice, caring, kind guy, great sense of humor and that sort of stuff. You can mess around with him, joke with him, and have yep. fun. Uh, was it a catch? Was it not? Come on now. He's nasty. <laughs> I'm not going to say. You know, okay. um, I'm, not, I'm never going to tell, and he's never going to tell. But he also had a deep respect and love for Rebel basketball from back in the day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's because there was an intense connection between UNLV and Pittsburgh with Rebel Basketball, with Jerry Tarkanian, with, with, well, Tim Gergerich, Tark's number one assistant coach, was from Pitt, was from, brought him here from Pittsburgh. Um, Keith, uh, Keith Starr, yep. another one of a great assistant coach, a Pitt guy. Armin Gilliam, the hammer, was a wrestler in Pittsburgh, and then brought him here, turned him into a basketball player, and the rest is history there. And of course, Jim Bola. Um, well, the women's coach for years sure, sure, was yeah. a, was a Pitt guy. Yep. And, 
and Franco knew this. It was like this was sort of his his second favorite college basketball team. Maybe Pitt was number one. I don't know. I don't know who was number one. But he would talk about Rebel basketball like it was his favorite team, you know, and, and yeah. because of that Pittsburgh UNLV connection that was very real back in that day. I have to think that, uh, and maybe I'm wrong on this. I'm just, I'm just making, uh, you know, uh, you know. I, listen, I'm not a doctor, but I would have to think that some of these professional athletes, particularly those that uh, are in the NFL, uh, I would have to mention the the physical trauma that you experience can't help your health, especially when you get to that age. Yeah, at 72 years old is what he passed at. And, yeah, he seemed coherent. Okay, Nate Burleson uh, from CBS Morning Show did an interview with him a couple of weeks ago, and mm. they ran some of it this morning. And he sounded pretty strong, still pretty coherent. And he, he liked to think that, that he, he didn't take all the hits, you know, that he perhaps should have. He avoided hits at mm. times as, as a running back, yeah. which is hard to do. They're out to get you. Um but he, he he did that, and it's you know it, well, whether it had any effect at this point, who knows? But it but he yeah. certainly didn't show the effects of that. No, his um, brain but, seemed to be working pretty well, and uh, yeah, it's unfortunate. I wish he uh, would still be around, at least to enjoy what's going to be taking place here uh, in a few days. But uh, it's unfortunate. But again, thoughts and prayers out to yeah. his family. It, it certainly is unfortunate. Uh, at the same time, Ron, we got a lot of local sports to talk about, and let's oh, yeah. start. Let's start with uh, UNLV football because I really didn't get your take on this. I love the hire. Uh, I didn't really. I wasn't crazy about this guy Odom. I didn't know a lot about him, and uh, I heard him talk. He came on the show. I said, "Wow, this guy's already been to sixteen local high schools." And then the assistant coach, or I shouldn't say assistant, the offensive coordinator, Petrino. I think that's a slam dunk. I'm very happy with what Harper does, and I am more positive about you and out the athletics since I've been since I got here 20 years ago. There's good reason to be, and you should be. Yes, under under Eric Harper's leadership, you know it's gone on here. We got Kevin Kruger mm-hmm. doing what he's doing right now with with basketball, but fo- football going the right direction. They, boy, it was interesting when they the day that they let him go and, and bringing the uh, the cannon in and painting the cannon, and then there you go, Marcus Arroyo. See you later. But Marcus Arroyo and where his downfall was is one of one of Barry Odom's great strengths is he's very personable. Barry Odom is, and somebody that you can really like, uh, you can you can get behind easily. That you want to see win. Uh, he was Jeff Horton. Jeff Horton back in the day, if you remember when he was Rebel football coach, he was somebody you wanted to see win. He, he got five years, didn't really win, but you, but you liked him just because he was very personable and a nice guy. Um, and Marcus Arroyo was not that guy. I mean, no, right. Nobody thought he was. You know, no, none of the local high schools and anybody that met him and some of the boosters. And he didn't care about that part of the business. It mm-hmm. seemed like a nuisance to him. He, he I, I would say, uh, Mark, what Marcus Arroyo needs to do is go be an offensive coordinator somewhere, like he was at Oregon. You know, a quarterbacks coach or whatever. Because if you don't have that sort of, if you don't like to shake the hands and smile and make people feel good about your program. Then you don't belong there. That that's part of the game. Yeah. Barry's got that figured out. You're right. Can I just say something? I, I agree with you. Yes. Can I? Sorry to interrupt. I just wanted to say when it comes to Marcus oh. Royal, I, I hope that don't let the door hit you on the ass on the way out. I could care less where he coaches. Uh, I'm so happy he is not here anymore. I just wanted to say that. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. No, I am. I am too in that sense. And and he would he would point uh, to he would say, wait a minute, we got better every year, which they did. And you started out with no wins the first year, the COVID <laughs> right, year. Right. <laughs> got two wins the next year and five the year after that. 
and finally beat Reno and all that sort of stuff, and that's what he would point to. Now, I, I would I would say if Marcus Arroyo had Barry Odom's personality, he'd still be here. Um, uh, probably, because, probably. I yeah, think it, I think it's more. But but yeah. Ron, I think it's more than just personality. I think you got to get out in the community too, and you got to recruit and go to local high schools. I, I hear you. I hear you. Yeah. No, I, and I include that in his personality. Okay, he's not I got that you. Guy then I agree. Wanted, yeah. Yep, yep. I agree yeah, with what you're saying. He's not that guy that wanted, wanted to build those relationships here in town. He gotcha. didn't care. Yeah, you're right. It was, it was like he was coming here, and you could spot him pretty early. Desiree was one that I spotted this with her early. And she's somebody just coming here to try to, to get a job somewhere else. Right. Okay, well, she got a job somewhere else and bless them. And where is she at? Missouri or whatever. Yeah. Um, good luck to them. I guess. Um, <laughs> Marcus Arroyo seemed right off the bat to, to me to be the guy that didn't really care a whole lot about Vegas. He was just going to use this to try to get a job somewhere else. What he what he left out of that equation is UNLV has has been horrible. It's been the head coach killer for coaches. I mean, it's been disastrous for Mike Sanford. I mean, losing his job. He's he's now at Faith Lutheran. And bless him, and I mean that. Bless him. Uh, for being there and doing what he's doing there, and that's that's great. Um, but but it's 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 been a job where coaches have come and come to die. <laughs> yeah, uh, Jim Strong. Let's go back. Even John Robinson. Well, I got to tell though, you, you know, I, but I got to tell you, um, Odom appears as though he wants to be here and he's excited, and he's yeah. the one who reached out to them, which I love. Number one, number two, Petrino could be a head coach anywhere. I don't care about yep. his past. And the reason why I say that, okay, it was a, a relationship he had with an intern. He lied to the school. Uh, what Chris Beard did, I care about. Okay. What, what Petrino did, who cares? The guy is a genius offensive mind. The fact that we have him as an offensive coordinator is incredible. I, I just think it's an unbelievable hire. I can't wait to see what the offense looks like. We got Odom, who is clearly a defensive minded coach. We got Petrino, who's the offensive coordinator. I don't think you could have done any better if uh, if you're the athletic no, you, director. Not if you're UNLV, certainly. Yeah, yeah. No, this is something that you look at a Big a Big Ten or a Pac-12 school that can go to. No, um, Petrino's an offensive genius, quite simply. I mean, he, I am I am looking forward to seeing what he can do here. I think they've got some talent. You know, they're going to obviously have to build on that. I do like that Barry Odom's going to be around with local schools. And again, he's he's somebody who. He's somebody you can root for. You couldn't root for Marcus Arroyo. It was hard to root for him. It was hard to root for Jim Strong when he was the coach here. Came here from, from Notre Dame with that same idea that he was going to rule the world. And he was from this big school, Notre Dame, pretty big. Um, and he was going to tell us all how to do it here in this little town of Las Vegas. Yeah. Um, and, and I got that same impression uh, with, with Arroyo coming from Oh, the Pac-12. Okay. No yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Uh, okay, Oregon, gotcha. You, you had some great quarterbacks there and, and everything. And you're going to come here and you're going to show us how to do it. You got it all figured out. Yeah. Well, I'll and, tell you, Ron, I'm uh, like yeah. you. I'm, I'm looking forward to this upcoming season. I'm really excited about it. Uh, Barry Odom seems like a good dude. I can't wait to interview Petrino. I know he's kind of settling in and, and trying to find a place out here now. And, but, uh, I'm really excited for the upcoming UNLV football season. And I have, again, I haven't said that in 20 years either. Let's talk a little. Bit, no. I really haven't, Ron. Let me, let I haven't. Say, can I say something real quick? Sure, I sure. Say Marcus Arroyo was always good to me. I never, but I could tell he had that edge, and I had enough other people that he dealt with 
that told me that. But he was always good. He was always fine with me. He was always good with me. But I could tell he had this. I'm bigger. I'm, I'm bigger than this. Right. Uh, right. And I think. Here. And I think that was and the that, way he rubbed uh, a lot of people the yeah. wrong way. And I agree with you. And uh, I didn't like that attitude. And and I, I see this guy Odom as completely opposite of that. And I think things are going to work out. I really do. I think this was a good hire. It's a great hire for the offensive coordinator. And uh, I also <laughs> I, I also like the fact that uh, you know Odom's saying right off the bat, yeah, let's get to a bowl game in year one. You know, he's not afraid to. to right. get, he's not afraid to to say that. And I appreciate that about him. And why? not i mean i know listen you got a robbins and a lot a lot of key guys that have left but uh with that being said he's he's working his tail off he's recruiting and and let's see what the man can do i'm looking forward to that let's talk a little bit about vgk hockey they're in action tonight uh they play the blues on friday they play a bad i believe phoenix tonight right if i'm not mistaken um they have arizona yeah well yeah yeah yeah. used to be the phoenix coyotes now they're they have the entire state I keep calling them. I, I, I still call them Phoenix, but you're right. It's Arizona. Arizona is not a very good hockey team. But Ron, what do you make of the fact this is weird ground we're on right now, where they can't win games at home? I thought the Fortress was the place to win. That's bizarre. Under 500, one game under 500 at home, and 12 games over 500 on the road. 14, 12, two and one mm. on the road. So wow, get them out of here, and they play great. <laughs> get, them, get them here and there. Yeah. All right. Um, you know, oh, they're still the top team in the West, by the way, in the Western Conference. They have the most points of any team. So, so that's the context there. Uh, if they figure out a way to get this magic happening at home, I, I don't know what it is. Um, maybe they need to pull them. Okay. They need to do what colleges do sometimes. And I, I'm, I'm not joking about this, but, but they need to pull them, pull them away, get them into a casino. casino yeah. Have, them play, at, have them play at the Orleans not, Arena. Let's call them the Wranglers and get them back into the Orleans, well, right? <laughs> no, not play there. I'm saying, no, no, no. I'm not saying play there. I'm saying take them to the Tuscany Suites, a non gaming casino, pretend they're on the road, right? Put them in a bus, put them all there, have them, have them spend the night without their wives, okay? So so, and then put them in the bus. Well, they might like that too them, much. I don't know. And drive them. To, yeah, yeah, maybe they'll enjoy. It. But but have them feel like it's a road game, and and there are teams that will do that for home games to build team unity and that sort of stuff. Now I don't know if the pros would go for that. I don't know if there's something in there in the um, what the NHL would say if that that sort of stuff is allowed. But anyway, it might be one of the answers to go. Let's just let's try this and see what happens and simulate. Road. Here's the thing that's a little, so Ron, here's the thing that's a little concerning to me. I like Cassidy. I think he's a good hockey coach and I think they made a nice hire. With that being said, it appears to me that they are just so flat, particularly, uh, in the first and second periods. And then, you know, I look at the last game and then the third period, they pick it up and they, and they, you know, they're, they got like over 20 shots in the third period. But I'm thinking to myself, where is that intensity to start the game? It just seems like they're flat at home and it just seems that they can give you that extra effort if they have to in the third period, but that's not good hockey. Where is that in the first and second period? To me, there's no, nothing technically going on here except for the fact that they're just not putting the effort that they need to to start these hockey games. It's because they're not staying in a hotel room the night before. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. No, no, you're right. You're right. You're right. Why, why it is, you know, Bruce Cassidy the other day at the news conference, I think it was Monday. Well, no, they were out on Monday, Tuesday. Anyway, um, the other day at one of the news conferences, he said, I, I don't get it. We're not, we're not getting the shots. We're not getting quality shots. Again, same thing. 
you, you look at their shots on goal compared to on the road and at home, and it's not even close. They're getting so many, they get so many more good opportunities on the road. Why is that? I don't know. He says over the course of a season, you hope that all that evens out and that it will even out. But you know, it it hasn't yet. It may. They should tonight against Arizona. Now Buffalo's a good hockey team. Um, you know, not a great hockey. They're pretty good. They're score. Yep. They're a team that can score goals. They got one of the the highest uh, scoring. The yeah, they got the highest scoring guy, a Thompson, right? Uh, one yeah. of the highest scoring yeah, guys in the yeah. league. Yeah. Yeah. And Tuck, that front line is very good. I mean, Edmonton's right there, close behind the Oilers with in in scoring. Arizona is just a crappy team. Um, yep. You know, without they don't have a place to play hardly. Yeah. <laughs> they they're going to get run out of the arena, and they they just are. I, I don't know what their future is, and nobody really knows at this point. But they're, they're just not a very good team. So VGK should take care of them tonight. Same thing with St. Louis. St. Louis has fallen off the last few years. They have, yeah. And I and I really like the Blues in the sense that wow, it's they, they were fun. They were one of the one of the new teams when the when the league went to expansion and brought in. Um, the six new teams back in '67, I think it was, when the Kings were born and St. Louis was born, and they went. Um, you know, those teams all, all came into the NHL and doubled in size yeah. and stuff. So, and I have an affinity towards St. Louis. I sort of like them. I like their jerseys too. That's yeah, I've cool always thought. <laughs> I've, I agree. I've always thought. Well, I, obviously, I'm biased. Hartford Whalers jersey to me is is one of the best of all time. But uh, yeah, the Blues jerseys are cool. Yeah. All right, let, let me because uh, we're running out of. We only it always goes fast. We we got about ten minutes to go here, but. I want to okay. move to the Raiders and I want to talk about a controversial rumor that has been circulating that has made national news, which is this. And I think you know what I'm going to talk about it. The possibility mm-hmm. of Derek Carr being dealt to the Buccaneers for Tom Brady coming to Las Vegas. I have heard from some pretty good sources that that could actually be a reality. Is there any truth to these rumors, Ron? Yes. Oh, yeah. There was truth. Okay. Here's, here's the reason why. First of all, there was truth to it when it was going to happen before last season, you know, and, and or two seasons ago when when Gruden when mm-hmm. Gruden was here. Um, yeah. You're talking about the Dana and, White, the whole Dana White ago, situation. Dana, oh yep. no, that yep. absolutely was. And I'm not going to say things that Dana and I have talked about off the record because we right. have. Right. Um, I will just say that that was considered to be a done deal. Well, Ron, Ron, Ron. Ron, I'll say it for you. We all know what happened here. Dana White orchestrated it. It would have been a great deal for Vegas, and John Gruden effed it up. He said no. He didn't want Tom Brady. We all know that. That's public knowledge. Uh, I mean, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. And um, (laughs) he arranged meetings. (laughs) He he gave me some details about some of the, how he arranged some of the meetings at certain places, certain times to make it happen to get Mark Davis together. Anyway, um, yes, he was making it. There was a home bot that was ready to roll here and ready to happen. Um, okay, here's here's why this is possible. First of all, if if the Raiders get rid of Derek Carr after this season, um, it will save them a lot of money. Instead of the forty million dollars left on his contract, they only have to pay five million of what they call dead cap money, and so the so it saves them a lot of money on the salary cap, um, which is important when you're considering all of this, and you're going to bring somebody in big. Um, Tom Brady, with his relationship, of course, with uh, Josh McDaniels and the Patriots and everything there. Um, the the negative part of this is, well, first of all, if you think it's negative, losing Derek Carr, and I can go 50-50 on that. It depends on the game and the day of the week where I can go, hey, it looks pretty good. Nah, he doesn't really. If you're going to replace Derek Carr, who are you going to replace him with is the big question. Um, Tom Brady's going to have one year at best. The Raiders still have a bad offensive line. Um, 
bad, uh, you know, not, not good. Let's go there. You know, below average, below average offensive line. And Tom Brady with a below average offensive line is, is going to have trouble. He's a pocket passer. He needs to be there in the pocket. He's going to get creamed. And when I say creamed, he's going to have, he could have some issues that we talked about earlier with head trauma. Um, if he plays behind this offensive line. So the Raiders have to take that money that they're going to save from Derek Carr and put it towards getting some offensive linemen that can protect him. Oh, but you get him in the pocket with this offense and those receivers? Watch out yeah. with, with, with with an offensive line that can protect him. Now, but, 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 but Ron, but, hang but on. going to be quarterbacks. Okay, Ron, hang on a second. better quarterbacks available than I, I would like to I see. I agree. You. That was what I was going to say. As much as Tom Brady coming to Las Vegas at his age would be a huge story, it would be a media circus and all this stuff, I got to say, Ron, he's looked terrible this year. I know that's not all his fault. That's a lot of other things. But he is getting old, and I know it's Tom Brady, and he takes care of himself. He is nowhere near the quarterback he was even two or three years ago. I'm not sure that's a recipe for winning and winning, winning right away when you got a guy that's on his way out that, uh, I mean, I guess right now, if you said, would you rather have Derek Carr or Tom Brady? I guess I'd rather have Tom Brady from a football standpoint right now because I think he has a good year or two maybe left. I can't believe I'm saying that, but I don't know, right. man. I don't know, Ron. I think, I guess if you get, if you get Tom Brady in here and then you get some draft picks and get a young quarterback out of college, I guess that makes sense, but I wouldn't have high expectations for Tom Brady at his age and, and, and I look at his body of work this year, it's not very good. No, and they're having offensive line problems in Tampa Bay right now, and you can see it. And, when, and, a, and, and I've said often um, that the problem, one of the problems with the Raiders is their quarterback does not match their offensive line in that they don't have a, a scrambling quarterback because you have a, a below-average offensive line. You ha- and you have to think of that. You have to consider that. Tom Brady would be in the same situation unless they stepped up the offensive line. Now, that being said, there's other quarterback. Oh, Jimmy Garoppolo. Sure, uh, let's sure, go here. Sure. What's going to happen there? He's going to be available after this season. Yep. He knows Josh McDaniels from the Patriots. I would take Garoppolo over Carr. Would you? Oh, I would take Garoppolo. Yes, yeah. over Carr. Or so Brady. would I. So would I. Or, I agree. Or, or yeah. a four, how old is he? Seventy-five years old? Is Brady <laughs> older than me? <laughs> he might be. That's, I don't know. That's I, really I, old. Right. If he is, I don't know. Um, yeah, he is. <laughs> so. Um, you know who else? Is, Baker Mayfield will be available after this season. If you want to look yeah, at that, I don't know. I don't know how I feel okay. about that. But, um, yeah, but again, with this offense, go here with me. Stay with me for a minute and think about this offensive line. Mm-hmm. And if you could have Baker Mayfield, who is a more mobile quarterback than Derek Carr, yeah. Um, that's a good go. point. Um, that's a good that's, point. That's a different situation. There are a lot of possibilities here, Ron. And I will say this. You get Tom Brady here for a year even, and uh, you're going to get – not that they need more butts in the seats, but uh, you imagine how much that jersey would sell for. A Las Vegas Raiders Tom Brady jersey would be selling to be going <laughs> off the shelves, man. I don't wear many jerseys. I have a handful of jerseys like you with the Hartford Whalers. I have an L.A. Shark <laughs> jersey from the old World LA. Hockey League. Uh, no, I love my L.A. Shark. Few people remember that team, but I was a fan of I was the fan Isn't that, of that like the, the, the 80s, right? Oh, 70s. I was in high Before school. Before the 80s, they wow. Played in the, they played in the sports arena. I could not afford Kings tickets <laughs> in L.A., so I'd go to the L.A. Sharks games. I can name the players. Alton White, one of the first black players to play uh, in the NHL, but was on that team. Mark Tardif, J.P. LeBlanc. You know, but they had a defenseman named Bart Crashley. What a great That's name. That's a for great a name. Bart Cashley. Crashley. 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 Wow. Crashley. No, Crash. <laughs> Crashley. Um, so, so anyway, that was that's my Hartford Whalers experience right there. Um, but but that I, I, I've got a Pat Tillman jersey and a Sandy Koufax. Oh jersey. wow, Pat Tillman, I, that's cool. I, well, certainly a hero. Getting, yep. 
Yeah, and and Koufax because thirty two um, sure. Dodgers and legend old school from fifty eight Jersey. All right, is, so Ron, so Ron, uh, so, yeah. so so we will see what happens with this possible Tom. But I think it's fair to say that the last couple games at home, uh, they play San Francisco in two weeks, right? And then they're playing. Uh, San Francisco is is New Year's Day, isn't it? That's a weird game. That's New Year's Day. Yeah, that's yeah, a that's weird game. An and then, uh, game. yeah, and then uh, you got, uh, of course, you've got the Chiefs coming to town. I think these are the last two games we'll ever see Derek Carr in silver and black jersey. Do you agree? That wouldn't surprise me, and it's mainly because of his contract, the numbers. Yeah. But they got to find somebody better to replace him. And if they're going to go with, if they're going to go with Tom Brady, okay, they better have a post Tom Brady plan. Like, okay, we're going to get Brady and we draft high to get a quarterback that he likes, that he can train in a year or two. And here's the new guy, that, a gunslinger that, that could work. they got to do two things. That has to be their game plan. Number one, think beyond Tom Brady. Right. And number two, get, get assign some offensive linemen that can protect him. And then some things, some fun things could happen. But I, I would like to see what Derek Carr can do with an average offensive line because this is a subpar offensive line oh yeah. i went to rebel practice today rebel basketball yes that's right let's, let's move on we got about <laughs> we got to go we, yeah we got like three or four minutes it's rapid fire with ron Futrell from channel eight. you mentioned it earlier yes yeah, so uh, uh southern yeah. miss uh tomorrow uh pretty good basketball team coming to town unlv off of uh, i'm not going to say it wasn't because of effort but of course it was a disappointing loss against a pretty good san francisco team just the way they lost right up 11 in the second half yeah and they kind of gave that one away a little bit it wasn't because of a lack of effort they just you know listen those kids on san francisco those guards they made some big shots down the stretch but uh this would be a nice bounce back game you know before conference play this is a good southern miss team it would be a nice win for their resume and uh i think the thomas and max is going to be loud tomorrow what do you think yeah southern miss shoots uh shoots very well they're a high-scoring team. They're running gun. They're they're a fun team to watch, and so the the rebels need to be ready. This is a team that plays like them, sort of. So so beat them on defense and do some fun things. Uh, practice today was spirited. It was upbeat. It was cool. I, as I told you before, the players came up and, and and shook my hand afterwards and thanked me for being there. I love that. There were a couple of high school high school teams from out of town that were watching practice. All the players went up and shook their hands and greeted the high school kids. I love it, that. Those man. Sort of, no, those those sort of things are cool, and that's Kevin yeah. Kruger doing that. I love that I love happen. what Kevin is doing. I think that's so awesome. And when Kevin talks about uh, my friend, you know, and I'm sure you know Anderson Hunt very well, when he talks about Anderson Hunt in the press yeah, conference, yeah. And the fact that Hunt is texting him after games, I, I love that. I mean, listen, the the men's program is headed in the right direction right now. We'll have to wait and see. There's a lot of work to be done, but I like what I'm seeing from Kevin. I liked what I saw from him last year. I really like what I'm seeing from the team this year, and it'll be really interesting when you get into conference play and you get on the road and play. San Diego State, Boise State, you know, even teams like Air Force on the road, they've struggled in games like that. Let's see what Kevin can do this year, and I'm excited about it. Conference play gets more brutal because there's yes. more at stake. You know the players. There's history between each other, and you're having to play in hostile arenas and that sort of stuff, like you said. But, yeah, next week they have um, San Jose State on the road, and then they have San Diego State here on New Year's Eve. I think it's an afternoon game. What time is that? Uh, San Diego State is 1 p.m. Um, on December 31st. So, no, there's, there's plenty of stuff going on. Wow. I expect this team, I'm going to say something crazy here, I expect this Rebel team to make the tournament this year. Um, that, that would be... That, I to, don't know. To That's going to be tough. I think in the Mountain West Conference, the conference they're in makes it more difficult. I think if they're going to do that, they have to be one of the best teams in the Mountain West, and you got to get to the finals of the Mountain West Conference Tournament. I just don't know. I, I just think it's going to be difficult. Obviously, you'd love to win the conference. They certainly have an opportunity to do that with the defense they play. But, Ron, boy, I don't know. I don't think you get more than two teams in. 
I, I really don't. Yeah, last year they put too many teams in. Right, and they, they got um, the killed in the first deserve, round. Yeah. They, got, they didn't win. None of the teams, were there five teams in? Like yeah, four, they got, teams I think there were four. They got year. thumped, yeah. Wyoming was one of them, got, Boise. They all got pounded. Yeah. It's like, okay, you let that happen to you as a conference. And they noticed that. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's let's just put it. Down let's things. just put it this way, Ron. Win the conference tournament, you don't have to worry about it, right? Well, there you go, <laughs> Mr. Future. Yeah. You are you are the man, the myth, the legend. I don't know. Are you going to the game tonight? I am planning on it. Yes. Good. So I'm we will see. Right we will see the Ron Burgundy himself. At the Knights game tonight, hopefully. Mr. Futrell, it is always a pleasure having you on. We always touch on just about everything that is the local scene here in Vegas. You and Chris Matthews do a wonderful job at Channel 8. Love you guys. And uh, I'll see you tonight, Ron. Thanks for coming Likewise. on, my friend. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays to your thank viewers, you. to you and everybody out there. So thank you. Thank you, Ron. Same to you and your family. That is Ron Futrell, the man, the myth, the legend from Channel 8. I am Brian Shapiro. I've been called worse. Just don't call me Michelle Fiore. Uh, we will take a 22-hour break. I appreciate Mark Hayes for helping me out, as he always does a wonderful job. And uh, not that he needs my compliments. But uh, anyway, thanks for joining us, everybody. Uh, we'll see you tomorrow, same time, same place. Have a great day, everybody. <laughs>